And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. He's a faithful God. Come on. He's a faithful God. I need somebody to help me right now. I said he's a faithful God. He is a faithful God. He is not a liar. His word is not lies, but it is the truth. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. about a month ago my wife was having a visit with her doctor and her doctor said you know what well it wasn't her doctor we found another doctor but anyway long story was that the doctor said you know what we need to run some additional testing on you I've got some concerns and not gonna lie lump in our throats, pit in our stomachs. There were two spots on Lisa's shoulder and in her lung or on her chest wall. And uh, spent a lot of time in prayer. I didn't put it on Facebook because I felt like the Lord said, be still. You know, sometimes you better obey God. Be still. So after a month of testing, et cetera, et cetera, I think it was on Thursday. Thursday morning, we woke up to the results and the summation of that test that said, Lisa, you are still cancer-free. <laughs> no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. But let every word of your mouth, come on, let it glorify God. Let every word of your mouth, let it sing praises. Let every word of your mouth declare victory. Let every word of your mouth declare there's a king among every king. That he's a healer. He is a mender of broken hearts. He is a deliverer. Oh, yeah. I was able to cut my green, my green bracelet off this week <laughs> because my eye is healed and completed in Jesus' name. I get to preach this morning. Amen. And yes, my dear Aunt Bonnie Osborne passed away early this morning in the middle of the night. 
her funeral, I'll give you details on my Facebook page. Those of you that knew her would like to, it looks like the funeral probably will be Tuesday. She's my aunt. She is one of the last remaining daughters of the founder of this church, M.M. Hudson. What I mean to tell you is this. There's some days on Thursday you get amazing news. There's some days on Friday that you get amazing news. And then in that same week you wake up and it's not amazing news. But you see, the news doesn't dictate how I serve or who my Savior is. The news does not tell me how to react. The news does not tell me my end result. The news does not tell me my destiny or what God's called me to or what he's promised me. You see, my promise is not predicated on anything on this planet. My promise is predicated on the name of Jesus. That he is the king of kings and he is the provider and a way maker. So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of news you got this week. But my God is still God in the good news, in the bad news, in the everything news. No weapon that's formed against us. Woo! No weapon that's formed against us shall prosper. God is God. I said God is God. Y'all can go down if you don't want. Thank you so much. If you don't mind, keep playing for me, Sister Tabitha. Amen. Just for a second. I'm going to minister the word to you today. I just wanted to share that news and tell you that keep praying. Don't forget. Listen, when the doctor said you need to go for more testing, I'm not going to lie. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was hurt. And I didn't even know what the news was. Did you hear what I just said? And I didn't even know what the news was. You have to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. Someone shout amen. Amen. Today, I want to just minister to you for a little while about these words. Can you say them with me? Will you look at your neighbor and say, will you finish the race? Will you finish? Will you finish? You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I'm going to show you a little short video here this morning to try to take you to a journey about what I want to talk to you about today.
5,000 miles to finish the race. The question this morning is, will you finish the race? The Holy Spirit has been talking to me in the last few weeks about the fact, the condition, and the place that we are in the body of Christ, in the Western church. In the words... This was filmed in 1968. This was the 1968 Olympics, and that was the year I was born. So this happened 54 years ago. We have not seen really anything like that. This Tanzanian runner showed the grit that is the essence of Olympian. When he said that, there's so much other words that you could read about this man. He has an amazing story. But he knew in his heart that he came 5,000 miles from Tanzania to Mexico City not to just start a race. 18 others of the 75 that had started had quit the race. Many of them with just cramps and some of them with minor inflictions, but they decided because they were so far from contention that they would just throw in the towel and they would let somebody else finish the race. But not John. John, though he had fell early on and later they found had torn a ligament in his leg, he decided somewhere along the line that quit is not in my spirit. He made up in his mind that the words move on, get out, just stop were not a part of his vocabulary. He literally said to them, I never thought about giving up. Never thought about giving up. Why? Because there were 75 people that started the race. There was only a few of them that ended the race. And although I was an hour and a half behind the winner, no hope. I could have abandoned and everybody would have understood. Oh, of course, John. But you see, there was a country that sent me. There were others that were watching me that I had to understand that I had to finish the race. The law of inertia tells us about this, that a body in motion stays in motion. I can tell you right now from experience, those that have surgery or some other type of injury and they stop walking, they lose something. There is an atrophy that happens to the muscles and to the body. There is a creaking that comes. I just sit down for 10 minutes at dinner and I hardly can get up out of my chair because I'm not in motion. I sat down. Have you ever sat down and enjoyed a cup of coffee with somebody and when you went to get up, you were wondering if you were going to make it all the way up? Why? Because a body that is not in motion... You know what that tells me about my body? It tells me this, that I'm not exercising enough. That my body is breaking down. That I have to move forward to a place where I learn that <laughs> I've got to finish my race. Inertia tells us that a body in motion stays in motion. And the same goes for your projects at home, your creative ideas in your life, your daily tasks your half-written emails, the, the drafts that are stacking up in your email box, all of those, and plus being a disciple of Jesus Christ. A body that's not in motion, it loses momentum. A person that is not praying, they lose momentum. An individual that's not coming to God's house and being a part of the people of God, they are going to lose some momentum. There's going to be some atrophy that takes place in their heart and in their life. What was important two years ago is all of a sudden become casual and something I need more convenience than I need a place with Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, I'm going to preach what God's telling me to preach. You see, when you interrupt a task, it can be very difficult to go back and pick it up again. We are... <laughs> interrupted nearly every three minutes. According to the University of California, Irvine, 
the, the sad part of that statistic is that half of those times, half of those interruptions are self-imposed. They are things that we get distracted with. Have you ever started a book that you really wanted to read? And it's not just not on your nightstand anymore. It's under the bed collecting dust. It was a good first chapter. It was a great first chapter. But life interrupted you. There was a series on Netflix you wanted to watch. And oh, by the way, you haven't got through that series either. Because you are now consumed with what's going on on Facebook. And Facebook is now hooked you in and you're scrolling until your thumbs hurt and you realize you haven't made dinner for the kids uh, and you haven't mowed the lawn uh, and because why because somewhere along the line uh, you lost your you lost uh, your ability to be focused uh, you lost something uh, because there was this thing that happened this interruption that happened we got distracted the result is when you're working on something without a clear purpose, you know, seeing it through <laughs> to its end can be a massive, huge challenge. We all have our memories of those books that we wanted to read and never actually finished. Those projects that you're really giddy about. You go to Lowe's and buy all the stuff and you still have it in the garage. Oh, you're laughing because I'm telling you the truth. You go, ladies, to a, a, a fabric store and you think about all the stuff you're going to make, the curtains and the dresses, and you buy a new sewing machine and it's still in the bottom of the closet, Lisa Marie. Why? Not because she doesn't want to sew. Not because she can't sew. She's pretty good at sewing. It's because life has taken her sewing away. Other things have crowded in. Life moves on. Am I helping anybody this morning? You know, we get those projects and we're all giddy about them and it peters out into stagnation. The idea that never moves us from conception to action. The idea that we have in our heart and our mind, but we just can't get moving. We fear things. We think things are too big. We don't think we're worthy enough. We think that we are not able enough, that we're not smart enough, we're not educated enough. When truly, it's just up to you to get up and start going and doing what you know you can do. I don't know the Bible enough to, to witness. Well, I don't know about you, but I still don't. I've been preaching for 30 years, and I still don't know my Bible good enough. I, I'm still studying to show myself approved. Why? Because I have to, you have to. But I cannot let my knowledge predicate what God has done for me uh, and how that I can share it with somebody else. Let me tell you, Noah, what God has done for me. They thought my wife had cancer again. Uh, but God, uh, but God, but God... You know why? Because my voice uh, can speak truth. Uh, my voice can speak hope. Uh, my voice. Uh, I'm a vessel of God's. I'm his witness. I'm his ambassador. So I cannot say I'm not able when all I have to do is open my mouth and speak my heart. Come on now. I, I'm, I'm wondering, will you finish? H have, you, have you got distracted on your walk with Jesus Christ. Not every project that we start is meant to be finished. I acknowledge that. There are some things that it's probably best that you didn't finish that project. Your wife is much happier with you. The neighbors are happier with you. But many of us have a boatload of projects, books, emails, to-dos that have been relegated to the kind of purgatory of incompletion we have this place that we we put stuff we look at it every once in a while I cleaned my office out this last week and I found about a hundred of these projects they were good projects by the way they were amazing thoughts, sermons that were half finished, and books that I had folded the pages on. I had them stacked up next to my chair, and I, every time I sat down at that chair, I always said one thing. What did I say? Man, I need to start reading those books again. But there's now 12 of them, and I'm still not through the first one. 
Why? Because somebody else told me about a cool book. And so now I'm reading it. It's so true of all of us. Why does this happen? Well, nearly a quarter of adults around the world are chronic procrastinators. Can I get anybody to shout hallelujah? According to research conducted by Joseph Ferrari, uh, when it comes to specifics uh, to the matter of finishing what we started, why do we often hit roadblocks? Well, this is what he said. For chronic procrastination, it's not, listen, this is not an issue of time management. Hear me today. Hear Mr. Ferrari. You can't manage time. You can only manage yourself. The reason why we come up against this issue is because we are not self-disciplined. We are not focused. I think that I have something else that's more important. I, I want to say something this morning and I pray that every one of you both online and here in the room will receive me. I cannot think of one thing that's more important than my eternal soul going to heaven. I cannot think of one thing that's more important than me in communion with that Savior who loves me. But I don't live, I must speak for myself, to the expectation that I would like to live when it comes to managing me. You see, I could say you and you would say, yeah, pastor, you're right. And I'm saying me because I know me. And I can speak freely without offending you. But I'm going to tell you, if you're anything like me, you and I have a common problem. And that is that there's always a fire in my life that needs my attention. So what happens is we play fireman instead of prayer warrior. We go over and try to fix things that only God can fix. We move over here and try to in, influence a situation that only God can handle. I saw a quote by Bishop Suber today and it said this, You want to be a prayer warrior? How many want to be a prayer warrior? Well, that was four of you. I'm glad for those four in that house. I'm, thank you. Thank you so much, sis. I, you know, how many want to be a prayer warrior in your life? Can I say, someone shout amen. amen. You want to know how? I want to know, does anybody want to know how? Do you want to know the key to knowing how to be a prayer warrior? Go pray. Simeon, it's not, it's, 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 I can't make it any simpler and more true. You want to be a prayer warrior? Pray. Well, I, I don't know how to, you, you know what? You start talking to God and it's called self-teach. It's called, there's an anointing that comes. There's a, a presence of God that flows. Uh, there's something that happens when you get on your knees and you say, okay, God, I'm not getting up from here uh, until I feel you, I hear you, and I know that you've heard me. Because you see, there are some things you can't leave undone. There are some things that you must. Can I get an amen? You've got to finish. I've got to keep moving. I've got to go quick. Here we go. Paul writes to us while on his missionary journey, on his way to Jerusalem, going through Greece. He says in Acts 20, he says, And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. And he says this, not knowing the things which happened to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, in every city, saying that chains and tribulations uh, await me. I don't know about you, but I'd make different plans. I would change travel partners. I, I, would, I would call the, the agent and say, listen, I don't want to go to Jerusalem anymore because I hear all over town uh, that when I get there, I'm going to have tribulation, I'm going to be put in chains. But Paul says this after that, right? Listen closely, verse 24. But none of these things move me. You see, there was a call in his life that he knew that no matter what he was facing, no matter what he was seeing, no matter what he was hearing, he had a mission from God. And none of those things moved him. And then he says this, nor do I count my life dear 
to myself. He verifies, he reiterates uh, that I know I'm going to be tortured. I know I'm going to be put in chains. Uh, but you might think that I'm scared for my life. Uh, I want to reassure you uh, that I serve the man. His name is Jesus. Uh, and he's the giver of life. He's the deliverer. Uh, he's the one. Why? So therefore, I'm not going to fear. And then he says this. I, 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 I have to move on. I have to do this. Why? Because I don't count my life dear to myself so that I may what? Finish my race. This is a reference here that you're going to see later in Paul's writing at the end with Timothy. There was a race that God set in his life. Uh, Daniel, there was a race uh, that God said, uh, I'm going to put you on. It's unique. Uh, it's different. Uh, it's for you. Uh, it's for me. It's you and me together. We're going to go on a journey. Uh, and if you'll go on my race, too many times uh, I like to choose my race course. Uh, Lord, I don't like that race course. I'm going to go over here to this this race course uh, and I'm going to run over here for a little while. I'm doing good works uh, and I'm doing good things uh, but God says listen to me uh, I didn't put you on that course. You put yourself on that course uh, so go ahead. You're fine by yourself uh, but Paul said no, no. Uh, I'm not going to let myself get distracted. Uh, I'm not going to let myself get uh, oh well I'll do that later. No. Paul said I had to keep going. I had to finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Can I get a witness in this house that your race has got to be joyful. It's got to be partial to what God's grace has done in your life. How many in this room will acknowledge that without God, you would be a wreck? And without Him, you would have no knowledge of how to get out of the muck and the mire that we find ourselves in. The, you see, God's grace was the reason that He said, I can finish my race. Paul didn't know everything that was going to happen, but he knew tribulation was coming, but he did not move. Uh, he did not change. Uh, he had to finish his race. Later he wrote to the Corinthians and said in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verse 24, don't uh, you realize that in a race uh, everybody runs. Come on now. Everybody runs. You're running whether you want to or not. Uh, you're in a race. Uh, the decision is will you finish uh, the race? The issue is uh, will you keep going when the tough is going uh, will you keep moving when things look bleak and ungodly and oh my god overwhelming uh, will you say uh, I didn't come uh, to start a race uh, I came to finish the race because God is with me Paul commands us so run to win someone shout I'm gonna win come on now shout it I'm gonna win I said, come on, someone shout, I'm going to win, right? Ah, you know why you're going to win? Uh, listen here, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. Uh, but we do it, but we do it, we do it, I do it, you do it uh, for an eternal uh, prize. Uh, and so Paul writes, uh, I run uh, with purpose uh, in every other step. Uh, I run with purpose uh, sometimes uh, when I feel good, when the news is good, when I want a good thing. No, no, he says, I run with purpose in every single step. There is a step that I've got to take when I get up in the morning. i got to say, blessed be the name of the Lord who has delivered me. Oh, Joseph found himself in jail. Paul found himself in jail. Peter was a failure, but God's mercy ran after them and his grace was sufficient for them. They learned that they had to have purpose in every step. Paul says, I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not faking. I'm not like, whoo, I'm living for Jesus. Woo, look at here, man. Oh, man, I got the devil that time. No, he says, I'm not doing that. I'm actually out here running. I'm actually out here doing. I'm not faking it till I make it. I'm making it. Uh, you may think I'm faking it, but you see, I have a God inside of me that says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll be with you always, even until the end. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the 
world. There's no God like my God. He's my rock. He's my deliverer. He is my king. He's my neighbor. He is my father. He is my mother. He's my doctor. He's my lawyer. He's my friend. But I have to decide if I'm going to run. God will not pick you up and say, okay, now, pat on the bottom, let's go, run, come on. No, that's the will of man, the will of free choice. Paul again reminds us in Hebrews 12, listen, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by what so great a cloud of witnesses. Pastor, this is too hard. I don't know if I can do this. I'm not sure I'm cut out for this. I'm not. Well, that's funny because Rahab probably thought the same time because she was a harlot one minute and in the lineage of Jesus Christ the next minute. That's funny because King David, yeah, he sat on a throne, but he was a murderer. He counted the people. He was a sinner. And God said in the book of Acts, you are a man after my own heart. You think you are just too bad. Well, Peter had the keys to the kingdom and he sold Jesus out. Uh, Judas had an opportunity uh, and he got 30 pieces of silver. Uh, God doesn't want the people that got it all together. Uh, He wants us. Uh, He wants the sinner that relies on him uh, to say uh, God did not deliver me uh, for me to stop uh, along the way, uh, but God uh, delivered me to finish this race. Come on, give God a praise today. Woo! Hallelujah! Ah, I have aunts and uncles and friends and neighbors and mother and dad. I have people that have gone on before me. I think about Brother Cotton this morning. I think about all those that went on before me. I think about those Brother Bailey's and all of those people that many of you don't even know, but they were pillars. They were people that were st- they were prayer warriors. They were people that knew how to bring down the house in prayer. Uh, they helped me to understand uh, if they can make it through a depression uh, and they can make it through two wars uh, and they can make it through all the fiery furnace uh, and if they can make it through disease and they can make it through problems uh, and dis- oh, if they can make it uh, so can I uh, I can finish my race as well there's a spirit of give up in our hour uh, there's a, a phenomenon in our world in the business world and it's called quiet quitting quiet quitting it's showing up for work but doing no work You punch a clock, you go and you watch Facebook all day. So your boss thinks you're busy. Takes about three months for them to figure out that you're just sitting there. And they finally fire you. And you collect unemployment. Because you have quietly quit. Nobody notices at first. But soon it shows up. In the life of the company or the people that are around them. Quiet quitting has not just happened in the business place, but it has happened in the church. It has happened in the body of Christ. People claim they're home watching, but, and I hope that everybody is, and I'm not, if you need to be home watching in this time, look, I'm not saying you're bad or that you shouldn't be home. No, if you don't feel comfortable, stay at home, stay connected, all that stuff. I'm simply saying we've gotten to where we, we, we just excuse everything with the word COVID. COVID's serious. I almost died. I'm not suggesting that we not be careful and that we not be wise and that we not acknowledge it. No. I'm not saying anything. I'm simply saying if we're not careful, we'll start using things as excuses to not show up for God's house or His kingdom or His place. We'll use it to quietly quit the kingdom. Oh, you don't think you're quitting, but I'm going to tell you right now that I'm interacting with some, and I'm telling you, it's scary. Their conversation has changed. Their desires have changed. Their ideas are changing. Why? Because they have quietly quit the kingdom. Let us lay aside every weight, Paul says, and the sin which so easily, what? 
ensnares us. You see, sometimes in our lives, uh, someone say, preach on, pastor. Come on now. Sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful in that place where we just, we, we, we decide that, you know what, this is not that heavy. You know, I think, you know what, I think I can handle this. I, I, I mean, I know it's edgy. I, I know it's out there. I know it's a, it might be sin. It might not be sin. It's sin in certain places. It might not be. But you know what? I think I can handle it because, you know, I'm, 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 of course, my support group's gone and, and my prayer life is no more. And, but I think I can handle it. And we don't lay aside some things that God is tapping us on the shoulder about saying, hey, I need you to deal with some stuff in your life. I need you to wake up to the fact that there's a race. The world's going by. The church is going by. People of God are moving forward. And if you're not careful, you'll be left behind. Let us run with endurance, Paul says. Endurance. Everybody shout endurance. Well, the race that is set before us. And then he says in verse 2, read it with me on the screen if you will. What does he say? What? Looking unto Jesus. Oh, there it is. Mm, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There it is. There it is. There it is. You see, I love our music department. I love this building. I love our lights. I love my screen. All oh, the screens are just crazy. All my preacher's friends say, ooh, I like your screen. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? It's so cool, right? Because that's cool, right? But that doesn't do anything for Jesus. Nothing. Has nothing to do with his presence. It's about presentation. It's about people that are watching. It's about you. It's enjoyment. And that's good and fine for what it is. But it's nothing to do with your salvation. Your salvation is between your two ears. Your salvation is when you decide that I'm not going. God did not birth me on this planet just to start the journey. He birthed me at the cross of Calvary so that I could finish. So I could finish. I hope that endurance is a part of your language. Looking unto Jesus, the author, and here it is. Say it out loud. What does he say? See, so many times we think that we're actually the ones finishing. <laughs> the problem is, Travis, we get it in our heads that what we do is important. And yes, we must be faithful to the disciplines that God has called us to. We must be faithful to prayer and fasting and his word and giving and all those things. There is an absolute command of God talking about those things. But in the end, if we do all those things and we don't have him, we still got nothing. So here's what Paul reveals to us. I'm really not the one finishing. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's his work in me. When I sin, he is there to forgive me. When I fall down, he's there to pick me up. Uh, he said, uh, I am the beginning. Um, right? Uh, what The word author means to make or to have a beginning, right? Uh, I am the author. I started you, uh, but I didn't just start you. Uh, I'm also going to finish you. Uh, I'm going to be your finisher. Uh, I'm going to come to your aid. Uh, I'm going to run to your side. I'm going to come to you in that midnight hour because you're not saved by your own works that any man can boast uh, we are saved by the blood in the name uh, of Jesus uh, Christ I sense that there's a tiredness in our world he said who hath joined who hath, uh, who for the joy has set before him endured the cross despising the shame and set down at the right hand of the throne of God so many in my encounter in my own life I'll use me are tired because you have been doing things and trying to do it all alone. I don't want you to come to God's house because just the attendance and make me feel better about the room being fuller. No, no, that's, I'm sorry, but that's simply not true. We had great church and God moved when we were in a desperate situation and I was in the front room of my living room having church every Sunday morning for about six months. God has allowed us to see some things in our time. And one of those things is to try to understand that he's either our God, our protector, our healer, or he is not. 
And so in my life and in yours, we come to this place where we have to say, Lord, uh, you are my finisher. You are the one that's going to make a way where there seemeth no way. I'm trying to build someone's faith to remind you that Paul was surrounded by a great cloud of witness and so are you. There are many that have went before you that have faced similar trials and tribulations and sickness and in health and all the things in finance but there is a witness there that says God did it for me and he can do it for you. He can make a way. He can help you. He can strengthen you. Someone say amen. Listen, I reiterate again, if people feel more comfortable at home, I'm I'm not saying that you're wrong or you're bad. Please do not let the devil cause confusion across the airwaves that I'm preaching on. That is a lie from hell. I'm simply saying that there is a finisher of your faith that wants to work in your life that is miraculous. It's amazing. We're tired because we've tried to do it all alone. Am I right? Our own strength, right? When Jesus is truly the only one that can finish our faith. So what is weighing you down? I'm going to close this message with 2 Timothy 4. Well, actually, and then Matthew 20, uh, 10 and 22, and then actually Revelations. No, I'm just joking. But I want to know what's weighing you down. Is it your mind? The mind is still the battlefield of the soul. Is it a habit that you've picked up over this pandemic? It is a sin that you have allowed to creep into your life during this time where we have been dispersed and we haven't had people to look us in the eye and say, I'm praying for you and I love you. We haven't had that personal discipleship. We haven't had a lot of things. And so the enemy has used this to cull the crowd, to pull people out, and to make them feel isolated and undone and like they were never good and they're never going to make it back and God doesn't love them. And that's all a lie from the pit of hell. Paul said this in Timothy. He said, I have fought a good fight. By the way, Paul identified what was weighing him down. The sin, the weight and sin that does so what easily beset us. I can't identify that for you. You have to identify it for yourself. That's something for you in your prayer closet between you and your God. You don't need to tell it to a friend. You need to tell it to Jesus. And when you tell him and you honestly repent and turn your heart and say, Lord, help me. You may fail again next week in the same sin department. But guess what? He is faithful. Well, Pastor, are you telling me that I, I can plan that sin? I'm not saying that whatsoever. You can't continue in sin and grace may abound. No, 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 no. I'm simply saying when your heart says, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me turn from these things that so grip me and tempt me, Lord. Help me to have deliverance of my spirit. There is a God of heaven that says, my grace is sufficient. How many know his grace is sufficient this morning? I want you to praise him for that grace that is sufficient today. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is what he writes to Timothy. Timothy, remember he talked about all the fights he was in earlier in his writings? He finally says to Timothy, okay, Timothy, I have fought a good fight. I have what? Finished the race and I have what kept the faith finally come on (laughs) finally (laughs) some of you need to remember there's a finally (laughs) finally I've fought (laughs) I've kept I've finished finally I'm in the presence of the King. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to what? All who have loved His appearing. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 22, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But He 
who endures to the end will be saved. You can read the book of Revelations and in chapter 2 and 3 you're going to find that there were some churches Laodicea specifically and other churches as well but they let the cares of this world hear me today church they let the cares of this world influence and come and creep in in Laodicea's situation they lost their first love and they lost their purpose and the Bible says that he told them you have gold and silver and clothes. You think you're all set. But there's going to come a day you say, no, it's not enough. The pleasures of this world is not what I'm trying to gain. I'm trying to gain heaven as my home. Eternity is what matters. You see, I'm the pastor at Pineview. And I, I unfortunately wished I could preach fun sermons like Daniel did. Didn't he do a great job last week? I wish that sometimes God would just let me have fun and do illustrated stuff. But you see, I'm the shepherd. And in my spirit today, of all days, I wish I could be light and happy and woo. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm responsible for what I speak to you in the Holy Ghost. I give an account to God on that judgment day for what I have said or have not said to you. I take my job seriously. Your soul's is what God has called me to watch over. So I say to you, as lovingly and as fatherly as I can, have you sat down too long? Have you atrophied in your spirit? Have you stopped some of the things that delivered you? Mm. Have you been tempted by things that you were delivered from? Have you been freshly washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Help me to finish this race. Everybody starts. God's asking who will finish. Well done. Brother Carl, one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. I don't know where you're at today. If you're here today, obviously you're making effort. And if you're watching today, obviously you're making effort, right? I'm preaching not only to you and those online. I'm preaching to the four walls that are listening. I'm preaching to the spirit realm. When I say to you, that there is a spirit in this world that is encouraging Christians to quietly quit. To quit. Uh, Pastor, I still love Jesus. Oh, I, I don't doubt that. There's some things and people that I still love, but I don't hang out with them. Right? And there's some places in our heart that if we're not careful, we'll let sin establish it itself and it will separate us from the Spirit of God. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let your frailty as a human stop you from finishing your race. Come on, stand with me today. I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see your victory. Yes. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see your victory. I'm gonna see your victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I know this message. I hope that you will take it home. I hope you will listen to it on the podcast when it comes out in a few days. 
I hope that you will let it ring in your ears as you move through life, asking yourself, have I quietly quit or am I going to get back up and finish the race that has been set before me? Weariness, yes. Yes. Tiredness, yes. Chains, yes. And bonds, yes. And tribulations, yes, of course. And trials, you better believe it. Sickness, oh, we're going to fight it. And disease, we're going to pray against it. But you know what? All that stuff is not why. It's not why. It's not why. I'm going to finish my course because my soul is in the balance. And my name needs to be written in the Lamb's book of life. I got to do something. So wherever you're at today, I'm going to invite you to this altar. Yes, this old-fashioned altar in 2022. Because you know what? When you take a step, hear me, you need to realize that God is moved by your faith. Your faith. So when you come to this altar, I want you to come with a purpose. Do you need to cast aside the weights and sin that have been setting you beside? And no one's going to judge you because we're all, come on now somebody, we're all sinners saved by His grace. I'm a sinner. And in this house, like Paul said, I'm the chief among sinners, right? Why? Because you've got to understand, there is a place where you've got to recognize, I cannot do this on my own. I need Jesus. So don't feel bad about that. No, rejoice that you have a place of repentance and a blood that covers you as white as snow. His name is Jesus. Maybe you're here and you have quietly quit your prayer life. Maybe you've quietly disconnected from people and things that are godly or things that are righteous. Maybe you have quietly moved away. Oh, you still love Jesus. I'm not saying you don't and I would never judge I'm not your judge I'm simply here as a crier today speaking truth I need you to wake up and realize Jesus is coming soon you need to be ready come on now who will join me at this altar today I would love to see every one of you walk come on that's it come on come on I'm gonna see your victory I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to 